So this morning, uh, I want to talk about, um, I, I wrote down first, I, I wrote down objectives, and then I started thinking about that more, and I'm like, no, it's, it's more than that, it's, it's objectives, but it's staying on the course that God has for our life. So KJ, you can put up the, the graphic that I have down in there at the, at the bottom, but um, <clears throat> so I, something, something about me, I love fishing. I don't get to go fishing very often, but I love fishing. And, uh, and I used to go fishing a lot with my dad when I was younger. And he taught me how to, how to drive a little aluminum boat. You know, it's like one of those, one of those small, like 14-foot aluminum boats. And the way he taught me to, to drive the boat is you always pick something in the distance that is in line with where you're going to. So, and you keep that in, in your vision, and you'll drive towards that. And, uh, and actually, it was funny, as we were singing one of those songs um, today, it, it made me think of another story about, like, when, when I was going fishing with my dad, we were out, and it was a, it's a small lake, and I, I, you know, this lake gets choppy enough where I can't imagine what the Sea of Galilee was like because, like, they, they said storms would come up and, like, be so raging that they would almost capsize the, the boats that were on the Sea of Galilee. So this was a, this was a small lake in the sand dunes um, up in northern Michigan. And we were out fishing, and all of a sudden this storm came up, and it's just, like, wavy and wavy. And, like, you know, we had a little boat, and <laughs> we got soaked. But we went... We had to go all the way, like, right along the shoreline so, so our boat wouldn't get overtaken with water. And he said, and if it does, then we're close enough to shore where we can swim in. But, but in the midst of that, you know, when, when a storm comes and you're getting rocked by those waves, there was always a readjustment that we had to make back to where we wanted to go because we were just going around a shoreline. And, and so we weren't making our way directly to where we wanted to go because if we would, you know, the storms that were coming against us would, would have just rocked us and, and flooded our boat out where we wanted to, but yet keeping in mind along and we were constantly making corrections and going back towards where we wanted to, but yet keeping in mind our safety. So I was thinking about some of this stuff and how our, how our life with God is, is supposed to trek out and, and it's like, when we have Jesus as a forefront and focus of our mind, we can't go wrong. Because even when the storms come and we get rocked off, we look right back to him. And we're right back on course, back to where he wants us to be. And so I got a lot of, a lot of scripture, a lot of, of stories that I want to talk about. Like, things that happen in my life where, uh, where God, you know, took me to a place where uh, I had no clue what I was doing to like he had a very very uh, direct plan for for me and it's something that I had to seek him and it's something that that we all can do is is a, a you know daily looking to Jesus looking looking to the Holy Spirit the leading of the Holy Spirit on the inside for what he has for us to do and and what where he wants us to go uh, so as I mentioned when I first met my wife, Leah, we were, we were talking once, and we were, we were just friends, and we are talking, and, and she was like, so, like, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, I got no clue. 
just out of high school, I'm working uh, a, a painting job with a bunch of buddies, and, and we went on a youth trip out to Colorado, and we went snowboarding, and uh, um, actually, I was going to school at the time of, of that. I was going to, going to Grand Valley State University, and, uh, you know, just pursuing whatever career, just like, I had no clue. I was just going to school because that's what you do after high school. And we went to Colorado. I'm like, no, I'm done with this. I'm going to quit school. I'm going to go out to Colorado and be a snowboarder. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't happen. But, uh, <clears throat> but that's, how, that's how my life was. It's like, I thought, you can just do whatever and, and go, go wherever. And shortly after meeting Leah and then having that conversation, the, the Lord started working in my heart and, uh, and kind of stirring something up that he had placed in my heart when I was a young kid. So like I'd, I'd pray a lot. I, I was born and raised in a, in a Christian home. Uh, my, my parents were, were divorced. So I'm very thankful for the, the parent, my parents and uh, their love for the Lord because through everything, they kept their relationship with God. And, and, uh, and it was, it's amazing to look back and see. Like, my mom prayed for us kids all the time. And so it's amazing to look back on our lives and how just her praying for us really, really blessed us as a family. Um, but God stirred awake some things that he had placed in my heart. And there's a lot of things that I didn't realize were in my life that I had to like face and, and overcome and, and get past. And so I just, I really sought God with my whole heart. Like, God, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And in the midst of that, I met this guy that was just complaining about how, uh, how everything bad happened to him and and like nobody liked him and all this stuff. And, and I don't know where it came up from inside of me, but I'm like, stop whining and take responsibility for your life. And I'm like, whoa, that was, that was for me. <laughs> like God spoke to me through my own words that I was trying to say to somebody else, like stop whining, stop being a victim of life and, and take responsibility and, and seek, seek the Lord with your whole heart. And so that really stirred something inside of me. And, uh, and it's, it's amazing. The, like, I had no clue then exactly what it was. But then over a period of, of learning and growing and going to Bible school and, and everything, I learned that it's really Christ in us that is everything that he wants us to be and what he wants us to show the world. And so something that I didn't realize when I met this person, I was talking to him, it's like, you just need Jesus. Like, you need him to guide and direct your life. And, and again, then I flipped that and turned it on me. I'm like, okay, in Christ, I can do all things. I can be who God wants me to be. So I love this about how Paul approached uh, what God had placed in his heart. So recently, um, Leah shared a, v- a verse with me in a translation of the Bible. Like, I'm, I love, Pastor loves, like, the, the older translations. Actually, he loves, like, all different translations. He just loves to study the Bible in, in all different meanings. I 
just I've tended to really look at more modern translations and pick them up. But I love some of the wording in some of these verses that um, that Paul uses. So it's the it's the Passion translation, and of Philippians three verse twelve through fourteen. Paul says, I admit I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine uh, invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. And that last part is really the key because without the anointing of Jesus, it's really in your own struggle, in your own doing. And, and as we learn, like, that, that's not the way it works out. Is, is when we try and do things on our own, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. And there's, it's the, the storms of life that will then knock you, knock you over and, and take you out. But if you go in the anointing of God, in the anointing that Jesus has placed on us, that's when we are able to reach that, that prize, that goal that he's set before us. So, you know, I wish that I could say, like, you know, I ran with passion, just like Paul did, after I rededicated my life and kind of got things, you know, kind of got a little bit of direction. But, you know, life happened, distractions came, and you get copacetic with life, and, and you're just like, okay, what, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable here, and, and, uh, and I really kind of lost sight of what God had started to show me then. And it took a few years, uh, but again, God started stirring something in me. And, and actually, as a family this time, because at, by this point, Leah and I had been married, gotten married, and we had, uh, we had two kids at this point, but we're listening to, to somebody teach about dedicating your life and really giving God your whole life. Kind of like what, what Jessica was talking about in the, in the offering message. It's like when you give up everything, and that's really what we did. We dedicated our lives to God and said, God, we are yours. We as a family are going to do what you want us to do. And, and that's all it takes is, is that turning to God and saying, God, I'm willing to do whatever you ask of me, whatever you place in my heart, and in a, in a turning and a focus. And through, through a, a process of time then after that is where the Lord led us to go to, to Bible school. You know, we, uh, a, a series of events happened and it just started stirring in us. And, and then we, we took some time away and prayed and we felt like God had put this in our heart to, to go and do that. And so we ended up going to Bible school. Actually, before that, we'd met Pastor Tim, and, uh, and he, was, um, he, he had just come to the church that we were at in Michigan and got to become good friends with him. And so talking to him, asking him questions. And I was working at a factory at the time, and it was, you know, it was part of, 
part of that comfortable lifestyle because it's like you just sit there, you push a button. You let your machine run, you take, the, take whatever off, and you just, it's, it was so mind-numbing. And so I asked Pastor Tim, who, you know, at that point, he was, he was just a really good friend of mine. I said, do you know of any good ministers that I can, like, listen to while I'm just pushing this button? And he was like, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And so he told me uh, about Keith Moore, who puts all of his messages out online for free. And at that point, um, I mean, that was several years ago. That, not a lot of people did that. Not a lot of ministers did that. So I downloaded. I had an iPod. I filled that thing up with his teaching. I would listen to this amazing faith-filled teaching like eight hours a day. And I just, I couldn't get enough. I was just like, I, I was eating it up. And so that, that really, uh, again, helped funnel us towards the, the track of going to Bible school and, and learning about what Christ had for us, like who we are in Christ. And that's really ultimately the message that, that God showed us. And uh, so when you, when you keep your eyes on Jesus and you keep your focus on him and what he has for you, it's like you can never go wrong because, again, if trials in life come, you might get knocked off course just for a little bit, but it's a simple recorrection. And so again, back to the boating story, my, my in-laws had a place in Florida. And so the first time I went down there, I'd never been to the ocean before, never been out. You know, Lake Michigan's huge. Some people think like that's an ocean, but on a clear day, you can see all the way across the lake and see, uh, see Chicago. So, um, so pretty much, you know, that's, that's a huge lake that I was used to, but you could always kind of see land wherever you were. But when, I, when we got out in the ocean, it's like, how do you drive a boat then? Because you don't have, you can't pick a point. And so, you know, I remember, I forget what we were doing, but we are trying to follow birds. Because when you go fishing out in the ocean, you follow birds because the birds are, are getting food that the bigger fish are, are like stirring up to the surface. And so we would follow them. And, and he's like, we ended up driving around in circles for a while, just chasing these birds. So when you don't have, when you don't have somebody that you can look to, when you don't have that steady uh, focus point, it's really hard to stay the course. And so that's, that's why it's important to have that objective in life or that goal in life is, is that we, we can see then clearly uh, where God wants us to go. So you keep your eye on the goal. Now, this next part, hopefully it doesn't you know, stir up too much strife, but when I moved out here to D.C., I had to learn how to drive different. I mean, I, people in D.C. actually, compared to other parts, other pop, like high concentration populated cities drive very well. They're very courteous and they, they understand like the flow of traffic and letting people in and everything in most areas. Uh, but, but it's like I had, to, I had to really learn to pay attention more. You know, when, I, when we moved out here, I had an hour commute in the morning and in the afternoon, so I was in my car a lot, listening to a lot of teachings, but I had to learn, you're always focused on other drivers. And 
then I learned if you focus on them too much, you could get in trouble. Because there's times where driving down 28, uh, all of a sudden, all the traffic would stop. And so I would watch my rearview mirror to make sure I'm not going to get rear-ended or plowed into by, the back, by, by some truck or something like that. And so I would watch my rearview mirror, and there were two, a couple of times where I may have gotten a little too close to the person behind me. So I learned real quick, you, don't, you, you pay attention to what's going on, but not too much, because if you get distracted by what's coming around you, you you're going to end up hitting a wall. I, praise God, I never did. But there were a lot of close calls, and uh, yeah. But anyway, so distractions, and then another thing. I love driving out in the country, and you know, looking at looking at some of the beautiful houses and the land and everything like that. But that's another thing I had to learn out here in Virginia. The roads are so narrow. In Michigan, we had like huge shoulders because in the middle of the winter, those shoulders would be full of snow. And here in Virginia, I don't know why, but they're just like, you got microscopic shoulders. And if you are not paying attention and you get off, there's a couple of places where I drive a lot. And it's like, it drops down about that far just from cars that have run off the road and, and you know, washed it out. And it's going to wreck your car when you go off. So, so again, that, that focus and not having distraction is really, uh, really something that, that God has, has used to show me, like, don't get distracted by life. Don't get distracted by uh, the things around you. But look to Jesus. Look, look on the inside, because the Holy Spirit is there to lead us and guide us. Jesus said, I, it's better for me to go so that I can leave my spirit with you. And he will lead you. He will guide you. He will show you things to come. Uh, I heard this story once, and it's always stuck with me. And I don't know. I, I tried to look it up just to, to find out who it was and, and more about it. Couldn't find any details. But I remember hearing a story about a golfer where he was, he was in a big tournament, and this hole was just insane. And I'm not, I don't pretend to be a golfer. I tried when I was younger. So forgive me if I botch this up if you are a golfer. Uh, but there are bunkers all over the, the approach to the green on this hole. And a big waterway right in front of the green. And, uh, and somebody interviewed, like an, an interview, he came up to, the, to this champion golfer and he said, so how are you going to approach this hole with all these obstacles? He said, what obstacles? And they're like, well, you got, you know, however many bun- bunkers on this approach, you have a big waterway. He's like, I don't even, I don't even see them. I just look for the goal of what, where I'm going, where I'm driving, and that is my focus. So I don't even let myself look to anything else. And I heard, I heard a statistic at one point, and again, I couldn't prove it, so I don't know if it's, if it's true. Maybe Dave knows, but like car accidents, that there could be a single pole on the side of a road, and that pole gets hit so often because... It grabs your attention if it's like if it's something that you're driving and and you start going off the road, your attention fixes on something on the side of the road and you're gonna hit that pole, whether it's the only thing there or not. Like there's this wide open field behind it, but your attention is on that pole and that's where or a tree or whatever. 
that's what you're drawn to. So your, your eyes will grab hold of something and that will draw you to that place. <clears throat> so, so we look to Jesus. So uh, Hebrews 12.2. Let me get context here in this. Yeah. So Hebrews 12.2 in the Amplified Bible. And KJ, I think you can put this one up. Uh, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first in incentive to our belief and is also the finisher, bringing it to a mature and perfection. So again, I really like the first part, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. So again, we don't, we don't have to do this on our own because when, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he actually puts his faith inside of us. So it's not, it's not something that we have to try and do on our own then either. We use his faith, his leading, his guiding. And I also really like the, the King James that says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So like when, you're, when you want to know the truth or want, want to know something like factual, you go to the source. You go to the author of an article. You go to where something originated, and that's, that's where truth begins. And so, again, we look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, <clears throat> So obviously we have, we have three kids, and I get a lot of lessons from my kids, but have you ever heard of the telephone game that kids will play, where somebody will whisper something in the ear of the first person, and then they pass it, they whisper to the next kid? What, what starts never, never gets around to what's finished. And, and it's because something gets missed in between. Something, somebody gives their own interpretation or anything like that. And that's why it's important when we, when we look to Jesus as our source, you know it's truth. You know it's real. Uh, I had a, a verse, and I think I'll, I'll get to it later, but, but it basically talks about how Jesus, Jesus declared, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. And when we, when we get to a place in life, like, obviously, we're not perfect. Nobody in here is perfect. But, but when we can make that our strive and our goal, that, that we look to the Holy Spirit, his leading on the inside, that we can, we can endeavor to, to strive for that, where we listen and we do what he, he asks us to do. So when, when we were praying about moving out here to D.C., uh, there's a lot that happened. Um, but some of the counsel that we got about moving here is this, somebody said, you better pray in the Spirit. And this was, this, this was a big move for us. And so they, you know, I, I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot, lot to, to consider here. He said, you better pray in the Spirit at least an hour a day for a month until you know that you know that you know that you're supposed to go and move out here. And so we, we took their advice and we prayed and God, God 
you know, stirred, stirred in our hearts, placed in our hearts so many things that, you know, we'd write down in journals and notebooks. And there's been times where, like, we had to go back and look at those and say, okay, God told us to do, do this. God showed us, or he, he may not have, like, audibly spoken to us, but he, he stirred something so strong on the inside of us that we, like, we had to write it down, and then we had to, we had to act on what he was, he was stirring in us. So that's something that, you know, you can get settled on when, when God shows you something in the word or, you know, uses, uses some of the spiritual gifts that he has placed in the body of Christ to speak over your life or declare over your life. You know, because those are valuable. And when they line up with the word of God and something that he's placed inside your heart, then it's like, you got you got a something to stand on. Then uh, I love how Pastor Hagen, so not not Brother Hagen, but Brother Hagen's son uh, Kenneth W. Hagen. Uh, he he's the pastor of Rama, and so when we were there going to Bible school, he would always say this. He said, "The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it." And so when you can get that stance on your in your life, where the Bible states this fact, I believe the Bible without any doubt in my mind, that, that settles the issue. So no matter what it is, if it's in healing in your life, you get the scriptures out about healing. You stand on those to the point where you cannot be shaken from them. Something I wrote down in my notes from last week when Pastor was teaching is like, when the word of God is like a seed, when, you, when that seed is planted and then watered, it becomes a sure foundation to the point where it's never not existed in your life. And so when the word of God can be your, your firm foundation, when, when Jesus can be that firm foundation in your life where like, you know that you know that you know, nobody can, can shake you from that place. <clears throat> but that's something that, that pa- Pastor Hagen would always say. And he'd, he was bold about it. So he'd, he'd get this gruff voice. He's like, Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. And he just, I can't, I can't really do his voice, but he had a, a gruff, stern, like, you know, no joke about it, this is what I believe. <clears throat> so Jesus said in John 5.19, and this is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, uh, the son is not able to do anything. And yeah, here's, here's where it talks about how Jesus, he said, Jesus is not able to do anything on his own, but only what I hear the Father doing. And so he was actually talking in third person about himself, but he said, the Son is not able to do anything of his own, but only what I see the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son also does these things in the same way. And then again in John 12, 49 and 50, he said, for I have not spoken on my own, But the heavenly Father who sent me has given me a command as to what I should say and what I should speak. I know that his command is eternal life. So the things that I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. So essentially Jesus was saying, I only say what I hear my Father say. And Jesus Jesus can be our example in that. So 
in and of ourselves, we're limited. We only have, you know, a certain knowledge. And each one of us has different knowledge, but, but we're limited. So if we try and do it on our own, based on our own experiences, it's only going to get us so far. But when we can rely on the Holy Spirit who God has placed inside of us, you just blow the limits away. I've heard amazing stories of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit going out and doing great things for God. And it's just, it's still, even though I, I, I know how the Holy Spirit works, well, I, you know, I, I've only begun to know exactly how the Holy Spirit works, but it's like, because there's so many things that we don't see and know. But I hear stories, and it's like, it just amazes me. And it really shouldn't because God is so amazing and full of love that he will send somebody across the world just, just to tell somebody, God loves you. He's not mad at you. I have a plan for your life. So when we look and see ourselves in Christ, it's the same way. You know, <clears throat> I wrote this down and, and I was laughing because we I was talking to, to Leah about it this morning. I was talking about how like, you know, when we look at a superstar or something like that and try to be like them, we're limited already. So I was talking about Michael Jordan and, uh, and my youngest son is like, who's Michael Jordan? And I'm like, oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> but some, may, some can argue that Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all times. I don't know if he still stands in that place or not, but he definitely revolutionized the game of basketball. And so when you, when you think about like striving to be like someone that is limited, your limitations are going to be there as well. You can, you can try and push beyond what they did and what they accomplished and everything, but you're still limited. But when you live out of the Holy Spirit, when you strive for the ultimate goal, which is Jesus Christ, then you're going to go way beyond. So one of my foundational scriptures that I always, God always brings me back to is Galatians 2.2. And this is the message translation. So KJ, we have this one too. But in John, it talks about how Jesus, Jesus was talking and teaching the disciples right at the end. Right at the end. So, KJ, this is Galatians 2.20 in the message. But in John, Jesus was teaching the disciples. He said, I'm going to go away. The Holy Spirit's going to live in you. And when he's in you, I'm in you. And we are united in the Father. And so that's that's something that I always keep thinking. And then in Galatians 2.20 in the Message Bible, it says, I tried keeping the rules, working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. So like when, when you think about the law, how the, the, uh, the devout, devout Jewish leaders saw the law, they, they said, this is it. This is what we, you know, we're, we can only take so many steps on the Sabbath. We have to offer sacrifices. Like, they kept the law. And God said, no, I don't want any of that. I want your love. I want your life. 
So when we try and do things on our own, it's like we create, we almost create a law out of that when we try and, and do it and please God in our own way and everything like that. God said, no, I just want your whole life. I want your worship. I want your praise. I want, I want full access into you. So the Barclay translation of Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. My own life is dead. It's Christ who lives in me. True, my physical life goes on, but its mainspring is faith in the Son of God. So when we find our life in Christ, when we look to him and walk in that, in that true, true way, then we're, we're not bound by anything. We don't have to be bound by laws and rules and regulations. But we are bound by our love for God and God's love for us. Uh, pastors talked about this several times, how it, it has ministered to him over and over. But again, when I was talking about those daily corrections and adjustments, because that's all it really takes is just every day, you spend, spend some time with God and say, God, how, where am I with you? Am I still on track with you? And he's quoted several times Dr. Livingston, how he wrote in his journal, he said, my Jesus, my King, my life, my all. Again, I dedicate my whole self to thee. And this is a man who gave up his life serving, serving God in Africa, just going around telling people about God's love. And he said, my Jesus, my King, my life, my all, I dedicate my whole life to you. And so when we take those, those small adjustments, when you're, when you're just making small adjustments along the road of life, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get so far off track where it's like oh, a big deal to, to get back. So it's a daily looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your life. And each one of us can live in that today. So as we close the service, I just want to challenge you. Take a look. If, if there's something, if there's an area in your life where, you know, you have placed treasure here on earth, Take a look, talk to God, and pray, ask him, God, is, have I given you my life in this area? Have I, have I honored you with my life in this area? Or God, are there some adjustments that I can make? So, again, with your eyes closed, heads bowed, just take a moment, talk to God, say, God, what areas of my life do you want me to yield more to you? Is there an area that I can turn to you and look to you? If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity today. So if, you, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, slip up your hand and we'll pray for you. Give you that opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. But again, I challenge you, look at, look at every area of your life. Your work, your finances, your health, everything you do are you fully yielded to Christ's life in you 
You know, I've done some work in my life where I had no clue what I was doing. And again, I go back to some teaching that I had uh, that Keith Moore said he was fixing a motorcycle and just praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden, the problem that he could not figure out on his own of what was wrong with this motorcycle came up in his heart. He looked, that was exactly it. So, like I said, I've gotten beyond myself in a couple of things that I've worked on. And I just take a moment and look to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, what is this? What, what should I be looking for? What should I be doing? And he'll place something on the inside of you. And when you're sensitive to his voice, he'll show you exactly what it needs to be. you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, I ask you to slip up your hand and we'll pray for you. Be filled with the Spirit with evidence of praying, praying in tongues. Because that is, again, the place where you get beyond yourself into what God has for you. It puts your flesh down and gets you to a place where you can hear from God. So if that's you today, lift up your hand and pray for you. All right, well, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. We thank you for opportunity, God, that we can just look to you as our author, as the perfecter of our faith, that we don't have to do it on our own, that we don't have to be alone in this life, but God, that we can look to you follow your leading, follow your guiding. So God, we yield to you. We yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives and say, it's not what I can do, but what you can do in me and through me. Hallelujah. God, we give you all praise and honor and glory. We we expect you to do great things in our lives as we yield to you, as we look to Jesus in every area. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.